It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni, Will Bryan, and Darren Gant. Welcome to a special Week 18 edition of the Happy Half Hour. That's the first time that's ever been said in this studio or anywhere. What do we think about Week 18 in the NFL? What do you think, Darren? 18 weeks is a lot of weeks of football. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, and when it's going the way this one's going, it, it feels like you're kind of crawling to the end of a marathon. You're that guy who's sort of knee walking to the finish line trying to get across. But, uh, you know, I, in a lot of precincts, people are very excited about Week 18. I don't know. I think personally, if you're going to play 17 games or even more in the future, because it's the NFL and more is always on the docket, you know, we ought to spread this thing out a little bit. I think if there was another bye week mm-hmm. built into the system, if you're going to play 17, scatter an extra bye in there. Um, I know some television partners are wary about watering down the content, but based on the offensive content I saw Sunday in New Orleans and then again Monday night on my television with the Manning brothers as the Browns and Steelers <sighs> pillow fought to the end. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I think everybody could use a little extra space. One thing you learn in athletics is – Let's not cloud the issue with facts. <laughs> so Thursday night football may be bad football. It may be it may be bad corrosive to body. player health. But yet, as we all know, it's mm-hmm. the money. You follow the, the dollars. I've always looked at it, Darren and Will, in terms of, I mean, I know we keep score. We stop keeping score at the preseason, and we start when the regular season begins. But I've always looked at it as a 20-game season mm-hmm. before preseason game 16 regular season. Then you hope you play more. So I hadn't had a problem with taking one pre away and one adding one regular season game. To me, that's a pretty good deal to do. Right. We still got to do our depth charts. We still get interviews. We still prepare to do these broadcasts. But I think Darren makes a great point, as you would expect, since he is, after all, noted uh, sage old guy and uh, veteran <laughs> correspondent and wordsmith. Darren Gant, expand the ro- if you really want, if you get want to get serious about player safety, expand the rosters mm-hmm. and and then build two bye weeks in and creep a little bit into I mean who's going to get upset? The bowl games, do college we, basketball. Do we creep backwards or forwards? Do we creep back into August question. or more into February? Oh, more into February. More into February. I yeah, think I the think so. league's longtime dream, you know, one of those you hear Roger Goodell, you know, people say his goal is twenty five billion dollars in revenue or whatever it happens to be. But one of the goals I've always believed for the NFL is President's Day weekend Super Bowl. So everybody's got Monday off to talk about it, and it can just occupy the national consciousness for one more week and one more day. Um, But, yeah, I think we're pushing toward that anyway. I mean, we're creeping into that mid-February timeline for Super Bowls now. And um, I realize that this year it's a February 13th Super Bowl, mm -hmm. so we don't even have to make Valentine's Day plans. Just invite the girl to the Super Bowl party and call it even. Yeah, See, I mean, here's this party for you. You know, it's a day early. You know, we'll keep it going into midnight. Here's you're about to enter happy a phase Valentine's. in your life where that's no longer going to work. <laughs> Guys like podcast Matt, who used to invite their girls to his rotisserie league a draft for their first date, now he can just just do a full on Super Bowl party. But you know, if we're if the NFL is going to play games in Europe, mm-hmm. uh, Mexico, these are going to be longer flights, more of a travel nut to turn. So it makes sense to me just expand the roster, spread the contact out over a larger group of players, and then build that extra bye weekend. Over the course of this year, um, 
obviously more weeks, so more stories. We've had more players. Who have been some of your favorite players, play, favorite moments, favorite stories to cover over the course of this season? You know, I, I think one of the really uh, kind of off-the-beaten-path guys who I didn't know quite what to expect from the day he walked in the door till every Sunday you see him play was Frankie Luvu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frankie Luvu was signed, and he was just a spare part depth guy, special teams, Jets linebacker. The Jets didn't want him, so he rolls in here for a minimum wage deal, and I go downstairs to meet him the day he signed. And Frankie, somebody warned me. They were like, I don't know if Frankie's got all that much to say. And so I walk in, and, and Frankie is kind of downcast. He is a soft-spoken guy, kind of quiet. And I, and I notice he's wearing a big button on his shirt with a picture of what appears to be a relative. And so I ask him about it. And as it turns out, it was his brother who had just passed away. And I was like, you know, here I walk downstairs to write a quick story about a guy who's going to be a special teamer and run down some kicks and maybe be a backup linebacker and – all of a sudden, you get Frankie Louvu's tale of heartbreak about his brother Frazier. And, and Frankie's really been one of the bright spots on this team this year. I mean, beyond the stars. I mean, beyond DJ Moore, beyond mm-hmm. Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, guys like that. You know, the Frankie Louvu's of the world are what makes the NFL go round. And, and the kind of energy he brings to his job. You know, he is always out there. And, and you saw him Sunday. I mean, he yeah. just he makes plays at key times. And I don't know. You know, people always love him, and I and I fear that if you ever got too much Frankie Louvu in a game, it would dilute the intensity of what you get when he's out there. But man, that guy brings energy to whatever he does. He runs down punts. He plays defense. Basically, he's the defensive Brandon Zilstra. He'll do whatever it is you need him to do, and do it at a pretty high level of energy. Matt Rule has said about Frankie Louvu, he plays the game the way it's meant to be played. It has crossed my mind that what we really need around here is some guys who play the game the way it wasn't meant to be played <laughs> but I get the you know I get the, the reference and it is the ultimate compliment from from coach to Frankie Louvu worker and 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 a big personality if you can get him to trust in the the process of an interview like like Darren has done uh, I got just two real short ones one is Zane Gonzalez when we signed Zane Gonzalez I remember I was talking to him on the practice field and we have no access so it just happened to be after practice that I was allowed to be down there and 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 in that soupy undertow, the foamy brine of players going this direction <laughs> and that direction, I start talking to Zane Gonzalez. I ask him about end up asking about how he was parented, and he mentioned growing up in Texas that he and his mom were not close. His mom had some substance abuse problems throughout much of his young adulthood and adolescence and childhood, and then she was able to get those uh, bracketed and, and corralled and the boundaries around those and the two have reconnected I just thought that was kind of a cool human story with Zane Gonzalez the other one is Amir Abdullah talking to Amir Abdullah I'm not a broadcaster that assigns nicknames you know the Chris Bermanization of of our industry but if I w- if I was going to do that Amir would be something like the governor or the mayor because he has got that thing, that confidence, that communication skill, that ability. In fact, he's almost he stands almost uncomfortably close to you when you're interviewing him. Have you experienced this, Darren? He just gets right. He's in your a close talker. Space, close talker. Yeah. Oh, he's wow. Just, you know, Mick. Thanks for having me on your show. And and he just he doesn't just as Darren says he doesn't just say words. Uh, he's he has thoughts and they're cogent and they have a beginning, a middle, and an end. He grew up in Georgia, played at Nebraska, the only big school that really recruited him. So he drove a 1996 Ford Mustang uh, to Nebraska, 19-hour drive, 
it broke down in St. Louis. I just love I love stories like that. If you can get a player to tell you a little bit about their life and how they got here and what makes them scared and what makes them happy and what motivates them. So those are a couple of my favorites. Uh, I like Daquan Jones a lot. He he's a guy that when he speaks to the media, Darren Darren has asked him this a couple times of his experience in Tennessee and what he's learned from being a part of that culture and what he's brought here. But I feel like he's a guy that quietly, you know, while Reddick was very much kind of like the face of that defensive line along with Burns, and then obviously you have Derek Brown, but I, I feel like Daquan was someone that could speak for them as well. Um, and it had some big moments at times. I think probably fans would have maybe wanted a little bit more production out of him at, di- at different times, but I liked him a lot in terms of what he also brought uh, to kind of to the veterans of that defensive side. Um, as we move forward, obviously a little programming note. Next week, Darren and I will be back. We'll talk about free agents and draft and all of the nuts and bolts the, of the, the next five months. Twenty-two. So we're not going to do that now. Um, what are but what are some things looking back that you can take with you into these next months? What are the things you feel that you can build upon? Take you know to to use moving forward. I mean, there are individual pieces on this football team that any football team in the NFL would want. I mean, there are guys. DJ Moore uh, is kind of lost in the morass of this offense right now, but DJ Moore is a brilliant wide receiver. I, I don't think he's just very good. I think he's great. I, I think in the right setting, he has the opportunity to be a major star in the NFL. I mean, if you look back, you know, I got in this conversation yesterday in the mailbag about Steve Smith comparing him to guys like Reggie Wayne or whatever. Could you imagine the numbers 89 would have put up if he got to play with Peyton Manning? If mm-hmm. D.J. Moore had competent quarterback play around him, imagine what that guy could do because he's tough, he's, he's graceful, he's got good hands. Um, you go back to the early part of the season when the offense was offensing at a high level or at least a reasonably capable level, D.J. was the reason it was moving. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and he's not just making plays downfield – that section of the Dallas game where he's getting downfield blocking on big run plays and stuff like that. I mean, that's kind of who that guy is. And, and he's one of those guys going into the offseason, it's like, all right, you you got one of those. You don't have to worry about that. And, you know, eventually he'll have to get paid. Um, they've got guys like Jeremy Chin. I, I think Derek Brown's still a guy who's got a lot of ability Um you know, obviously Burns, and we'll see how some of the other stuff goes. But, you know, J.C. Horn's another one of those guys. We saw him for a very brief time during August and September before he got hurt in that game in Houston that was just kind of the bellwether for the rest of the season. That was, you know, you won that day. But um, but the games we saw of J.C. Horn, it's like, whoa, that's what one's supposed to look like right there. He knows how to do this thing. And so – there are a bunch of free agents, and we don't know what all the other parts are going to look like around him, but the idea of starting a secondary going into 2022 with Jeremy Chin and J.C. Horn in the back of it, it's a pretty decent place to start. Proud of you for mentioning J.C. Horn. and glad you did. So easy to be forgotten about when you mm-hmm. get hurt, and especially with people looking in the rearview mirror saying, oh, my gosh, you know, you could have had – Mac Jones, you could have had Justin Fields, you could have had Lima Bean Green from out of Texas or what, you know, whoever, just name, put your player in here. But J.C. Horn, it's not his fault he got hurt in, at Houston, and he is going to be a handful in the back. So I think, I think that's a good, good pull by you, Darren. 
I think Brady Christensen might have turned a corner in New Orleans. I saw him battle pretty hard. Really hadn't seen a lot of suddenness from him. For a player that has all these measurables, and it was fantastic in, in terms of his combine. I think it was a 10-4 uh, long jump, or no, broad jump. Mm-hmm. And he was mad because he thought he got cheated out of two inches. four six forty at 310 pounds, mm-hmm. that's unheard of. But yet, in that, that short area quickness, that small space quickness, I, I just saw him fight pretty good against us. He didn't win every mm-hmm. time, but I thought that was a, a big moment. And I don't know. I mean, I think that so many issues confront this team that I cannot wait to see how it shakes out. What do you do? Who coordinates your offense? Mm-hmm. Is, the, is it Jeff Nixon, or do you, are you now shopping for an offensive coordinator? If so, what kind of offense do you want to run? Do you, do you hire a coordinator to fit the stated goal of being a run-to-pass football team, or do you go get a coordinator to say, here, here's our – you tell us what we should be. You look at our mm-hmm. personnel, then you tell us what we should do. How many more years for J.J. Jansen? Will you need a snapper? What about a punter? I think all of us thought Joe Charlton was going to be the – I thought Joe Charlton would be the punter here for uh, the next 10 years. Of course, offensive line. But there's this guy. There's this well, – what's that guy's name? War number 22. Oh, Christian McCaffrey, hmm. CMC. There's no reason to believe that his injury history is, is chronic. He could come back and be the player that he has been. So I think that – I think he'll be a big building block. I, and people are friends of mine are saying, you know, what could you get from McCaffrey? I said that's asinine. Just because this this Maserati needs a tune-up doesn't mean you should trade it for a, a Nissan Altima. <laughs> you were about to go for the Toyota Camry slander again. I could tell. <laughs> no, I was not going to do that. I know that would. Oh, I'm sure will sing the song of the Camry. Uh, I, I want to change uh, change roads here a little bit. Go off on an off ramp. Just a second. People ask me a lot, um, or they more just kind of say to me when I say I work for the Panthers, like, oh, my gosh, that must be the greatest thing in the world. You know, it must be a dream job. And it, I think it is in a way, but in, not in the way that people think. Um, so much of, I think, what has been awesome to me over the last several years, I mean, and especially the last two years in, in COVID, was being able to walk in that room over there. And for people that don't know, these two that I'm looking at right now, Darren and Mick, sit right next to each other. Uh, in right outside the door of of Bill Voth, Panthers Bill, in that room, there's years and years and years and years of stories of Panther knowledge of just experiences in this world, and I kind of get to be this, as Darren called, uh, a young but not quite a young in his mind. You know that He's I'm the oldest. Of the I'm youngs. the oldest of the young, so I get to kind of be this bridge of of understanding a little bit where the young people are coming from but also being able to connect to these guys and for me that's that's been such a special experience to be a part of this organization to be around people like Darren and Mick and I think it also is for a lot of others too and I want them to be able to say that I love doing broadcasts with Mick. He makes it so easy from one transition to the next. It's like seamless. But I love his intro every single week. You know, if it's a one o'clock game at 1250 when we put the headsets on and we're going on air for the duration, he welcomes the Panther crowd and he just starts to describe the week, who we're playing, what it's like. A franchise record 16 wins have brought the Carolina Panthers to the doorstep of Super Bowl 50. All season long, the Panthers have commingled the bloodthirsty stare of a top predator 
with a childlike passion for the game and for one another. That joy, that excitement is contagious, and our little big town is on fire with it. So tonight, welcome to the most important game in the history of Bank of America Stadium. Welcome to the NFC Championship game, Arizona at Carolina. Are you ready? I'm ready. Can you feel it? Uh, it's palpable. Oh, my goodness. Let's bring it home. I'm going to miss that. I don't think there's any doubt. I'm going to miss that tremendously. When I sit next to Mick, I think these are the good old days. You know what I mean? Like things are moving in a different direction with streaming and, and the attention span of the audience and who knows where radio broadcast will eventually evolve to. Mick Mixon is a piece of broadcasting history and his ability to paint the picture and tell the story and the, the detail that he just throws out, you know, the towel fluttering in a light southeastern breeze of five miles an hour. And he'll say that like right before the snap, you're like, I'll be damned, it is doing that, you know? <laughs> hey Mick, Max Henson here, otherwise known to you as Maximilian J. Henson. When I think about Mick Mixon, like anybody, you think about the comically large clothing and those trademark sneakers. Uh, and you also think about the humility and the humor that was always on display. Mick just has an incredible ability to weave a story, always just had a tremendous amount of respect for that, and really a tremendous amount of respect for the way, Mick, you were such a steward of this organization. Uh, I, I really just wish you all the best, nothing but the best, and uh, really congrats on a job well done. Mick, we're gonna miss your voice. Your voice of the Carolina Panthers has been legendary. Uh, it has moved so many people and provided so much entertainment and infotainment for so many people here in the Carolinas. I enjoyed working with you, Mick, learning from you, learning that even a half a house needs a full show, learning to be prepared at all times, learning to ask questions and, and how to ask questions uh, so that you elicit responses. I applaud you. You are absolutely incredible. I wish you the best as you move on from the Carolina Panthers. Maybe you're tinkering in your garage or maybe you're back to playing drums and whatever it is, I wish you so much success, my friend. Nick, this is Caroline Can Frazier, and I just want to say congratulations on a truly historic career. You have been so good at your job for so many years. And I don't say so many years to make you feel old. I say that because what you have accomplished as a broadcaster is legendary. You gave us fans so many memories through your gift of communication and storytelling. But what I want to celebrate and make sure that everyone knows about your career are all the moments that you created off air. I'll never forget passing you in the hallway when you were on your way out to a speaking engagement where you never once accepted a fee because you truly enjoyed getting to know the Panther community. But even more personally to me, what I love about your career is that you spent time getting to know those that you worked with. I know that our time together in Carolina was short, but you truly changed my life, Mick. You listened to me and poured wisdom into my career and my personal life. Congratulations on an incredible career, Nick, and enjoy the farm with your bride. Byron Putman, studio producer for the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Since Mick joined the Panthers, it has been an absolute pleasure of getting to know him and his family, and I would like to do nothing more than to wish Mick a very, very healthy, happy, and relaxed retirement. And I look forward to the book that I am hoping he will pen to give us all the great stories he's told us over the years, as well as the ones that we do not know about at this time. So Mick, God bless. We'll definitely miss you. Enjoy your retirement. Forrest Orion Mixon III. 
I grew up uh, listening to him on the radio. You know, being a, a Tar Heel fan, there was no better broadcast than a, a Woody and Mick broadcast. And just his voice is synonymous with so many happy um, memories for me and, and my dad. We'd always listen to the games together. And then I moved away and became a broadcaster after going to UNC Chapel Hill. And someone put me in touch with him and I asked him to watch my reel. And he wrote back the most thoughtful email and gave me some, some great pointers and complimented me on certain things. And it meant so much. It was so personal and um, so constructive and just so kind. I have learned just an incredible amount from him and I enjoy listening to him. One of my favorite things is being on the broadcast because I get to listen to him the entire time. But I just, I think the world of him and I still pinch myself that I get to call him um, a, a coworker and a friend. All right, Mick, I guess you're really going to do this. So uh, here we go. 17 years of just this part of our lives together, working together. And so much of what I would say to you isn't really worthy of being on a broadcast or a podcast because they only make sense to you and me. It could be a voice, which only you would know if I said, Mick, 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 you're the greatest Mick. Or if I said, Mixon, let me tell you something. You would know what these mean, but nobody else would get these things. I have no one else to share these things to, and I will miss having you on countless road trips in the back of buses, uh, hotels, dinners in the booth, sharing our stories together. Uh, but we did it, man. We did 17 years together. Going to miss having you around. We got to go to a Super Bowl together. Didn't get a win, but we had a great trip. We had big games. We had little games. We had TV shows. We had podcasts. I gave you my cheese wheels on the plane. Of course, we promised to make sure that you won't be stuck on a train in New York for your radio interview. Did not accomplish that for you as well. Uh, your quest to find dates for our engineering staff did not go unnoticed. Uh, just too many stories that you have that you've shared with us through the years that entertained us. If I say Socrates, if I say eyeball story, your glory days in Belmont Radio, many of which I cannot speak of those stories in great detail, all come flooding back to my mind. But uh, uh, we're going to miss having that on a constant basis. But uh, this is just uh, so long. Not goodbye, of course, because as we know, Sandra and Donnie would never allow us to be separated as for some for very long so we'll road trip to burlington get you off your tractor uh, get you a grilled chicken salad nice glass of red wine and get to hang out some more i'm sure you'll be back down to charlotte to come visit us as well but gonna miss you partner it's been great fun and could not be more pleased that you got to pick your date, your timing, uh, your circumstances of your departure. And in this business, that's saying something. We don't all get to do that very often. So God bless you, and we'll see you soon. Second down and 19 for the Carolina Panthers. Prol in motion. It's a fake to the right and throw long downfield to the left. Steve Smith. Smith is there. Smith's got a touchdown. Wow. Carolina Panthers. Wow. Hand off up the middle. McCaffrey running free. Unbelievable. 30, 35, 40, 45, 50 across midfield. Can someone drag him down? 20 to the 15, the 10, the 5. McCaffrey takes it home. Jake DeLone has the snap. Fades back. Rolls out. Pumps once. Now throws end zone. Yes! And it's caught. Touchdown. Dante Rosario in the middle of the end zone. Yes! And the Panthers have done it. Yes. Newton keeps it himself, and it's wide open. 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 10, 5. Dive for the pylon. It's a touchdown. Cam Newton has taken it home. And Wilson in trouble. Flicks it out of the backfield. Picked off Kigley. Angling right. 10, 5. Touchdown. Oh, we're going crazy up there. You know I have never liked any of you people. <laughs> It's all been an act. I actually have accepted fees to go speak. <laughs> what in the world? What 
is wrong with you, Will? Why did you? Why are you doing this to me? I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, well, a the short answer is because you deserve Jeez. it. Yep. And, so and the longer answer is one of the really cool things, and, and piggybacking off what Will said early on as he introduced this segment, one of the cool things about being in stadiums and living this life and being around other writers and other broadcasters, the focus of the public is always on that three hours that the football game's being played. There are about 12 hours on either end of it that you end up in stadiums or in transit or getting ready for a game that you spend around these people. And one of the really cool things for all the ball games I've seen in my life, some of the really cool moments you spend in stadiums are sitting around five hours before kickoff in Atlanta with McMixon when he tells you a story about Doug Bayer. Or, you know, and and those are the kind of things that you're going to miss. Those are the kind of things that, you know, I think defines Mick as a person because the things that came through through all those tributes is this man is a storyteller, this man cares about his craft, but this man's a good friend. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we're we're all going to miss that. Well, I'm mad at you both for uh, making me – my allergies kind of kicked in during that a little bit, and uh, so hear some well, of those the voices. Been changing. Yeah, so many uh, good friends, and, and the honor of all these relationships has been mine, of course. I I, I can't follow this up. <laughs> I have nothing left to say. Mick, do you want to sign us off? Well, I, I, my colleagues and I hope you've enjoyed the way we call the games, and got one more left. Another Panther talk, and beyond that, if you need me, Tony and I'll be at the farm. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.